Welcome to the Unforeseen Journey podcast with myself, Glenn Oliver. The intention of this podcast is to dig into my experiences of what is commonly referred to as the midlife crisis. I want to share with you my own journey as I unpick the why behind the what in the hope that through these conversations, it helps you to live a more intentional and fulfilling life. In the show, I want to share with you why I believe this is something we should all be talking about way more in the hope that others who go through this are supported and able to navigate this incredibly challenging time in their lives. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Unforeseen Journey podcast. So this week, I want to really... um, get into talking about something um, to really help you and provide some value to you, I think. So I've gone through this journey of continuing to figure out what <clears throat> what place this uh, podcast serves for me in, in the world and in, in the realm of my coaching and my mission. Um, I really want to get into providing more clear, practical um, points of value for you to help you navigate this journey. Um, so, so yeah, that's what we're going to get into today. And particularly what we're going to get into is creating the space mentally to help you um, develop and build a better relationship with yourself. Because I believe that from this comes the ability to uh, gain perspective and to actually um, make changes that stick and last. And um, so you don't kind of set yourself up for failure again. Life's been good. Uh, I've had 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 a break in London, as many of you know. It's been nice to get away and just have that reset. And I, I was thinking today that sometimes the benefit of a break isn't the break, but it's the ability to return with a renewed and refreshed uh, outlook. That is is the point of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Really renewed, reinvigorated, and re-energized. And probably it's the first time I've had a a break from working in a complete capacity for probably over a year now so uh well and truly needed and it was nice to see london as a tourist i mean if you think of my old career in the police um and it, it's actually a quite a big lesson for me is that the, you know the way you view the world and the environment uh, dictates your experience of it so being the police you know you inevitably get to experience um or see the negative side of an environment and it was lovely for me to have kind of, you know, step back from that. That's not the life I have now. And then go into London in the last week and enjoy it as a tourist and enjoy the the beautiful city it is. A bit grimy and, um, you know, still some shady characters about, which you can't help but notice after 13 years in the job. But it was um, a good reminder for me is that, you know, um, our perception of the environment largely dictates our experience of it, which is a big life lesson. So, yeah. Anyway, onto the structure of the podcast. I want to keep these shorter, under 30 minutes, because I know that time is precious for all of us. And I want to make sure that in each every episode, I'm um, not just giving you a truth, but I'm giving you something to help with that truth. I heard heard it in um, some education I was doing this week, this, this thing called TBU, uh, which is the, the idea of uh, true but useless. <laughs> I don't want to fall into the trap of you listening to this and go, well, yeah, that's true, but, but fucking useless. Like, what what can I do with that? Um, so I really want to make sure that in each one of these, we get into a truth, which I believe from my experiences of coaching and, and living, and then to provide you with some value and some context on how to uh, action that truth into um, a more fulfilling experience. So that's that's the goal, right? 
Um, as always, if you like what we're talking about, please feel free to share the podcast with other people. Um, share it on your own socials and stuff like that. It really helps me to to grow this and to create more of an impact, which is obviously what I want from sharing these things and talking about some of these things, which could be uncomfortable sometimes. So yeah. Anyway, so what we're going to get into today, um, we're going to get into um, helping you navigate change and develop a practice that affords you the space to learn to firstly like and then love who you are. I think it's a lovely place to think we all want to get to where we can turn to love ourselves. And as Pat said last week, you know, be our own best friends. But that that transition isn't going to go from where most of us are, which is a place of self-loathing to self-love. So we've kind of got to massage that transition. And I want to provide some thoughts today on how we can do that in a, a, a clear way and a couple of practices that have really helped me. Really in truth, um, this is a really complex subject and much of it, the relationship with yourself is going to be tied up to your past, your childhood, the life you've led up until now. And um, it's well beyond me as a coach to focus on the past and trauma. And that's what psychotherapists and psychologists and uh, counsellors are there for. They're, they're there to help to deal with the past. Really what I want to focus on as a coach and someone speaking here is the now, the present, uh, how you can um, do things in this moment and then how you can uh, change things moving forward. Um, and that's that's really important for me to create that distinction and to say, look, I'm staying in my lane. This is what I believe I can help with. If you have stuff in the past and that will probably become clear through going through this practice and the process, then you need to get the help of a, um, a, a professional to help you deal with the trauma of the past. But um, uh, in line with that, I think there's also, you know, once you've dug into that enough times and you're aware of it, you need to kind of go, well, how do I actually translate that into action moving forward? And that's really what I want to get into today. Um, so what this really is about is changing or creating awareness around the internal narrative we have in our heads over time. Um, and to, to, to firstly like create some space between um, thought and action and getting consumed by thought and just changing the narrative so that it's not one that is um, about kind of self-flagellation and you know um, self-hatred whatever you want to call it and more to like self-care and self-love I think if we can do that then um, then we're going to succeed in whatever realm we choose to pursue whether that is know physical fitness or nutrition or a career whatever it is i think if we come at it from a place of, of of love and caring for ourselves then we're going to enjoy it more and we're going to stick with it a lot more um i think the the comparisons i make here in particular are um in relation to exercise like a lot of people pursue exercise as a form of like self-punishment because they and they maybe made poor choices around nutrition. They've had a really crappy day at work. They're really not happy in their lives. Like I've seen it so much over the years. And it's just, well, yeah, it's not, it's not healthy. It's really fucked up, to be honest. And um, it's it breeds a, a model of pursuing exercise, which is just um, not going to lead to you actually getting what you should do out of movement and exercise, which is, is living a long, fulfilled life. And it's the same with nutrition, like um, or diet, whatever you want to call it. People pursue it um, as a way to change and to um, 
get to somewhere other than they are because they feel like they're less than and whilst i believe that upgrading your nutrition and your nourishment is great it should always come from a place of nourishment not starvation and not not um i don't know how's the best way to describe it what you put in your body should be to optimize your body it shouldn't be to kind of like restrict it which is i think a big a big change in perspective and if you can get to that place I think in, in anything you'll do, you'll have a lot better chance of making a big stick and making a success of it. I think the truth in it over the years, um, I've seen from coaching is that, um, people would come to me and ask for a workout plan or they'd come to ask for like a nutrition plan or whatever it is. And, um, most people don't need information. You know, sometimes a plan is good. You need that kind of like structure and stuff like that. But until you deal with the initial, with the foundational framework behind that level of implementation, you're not going to achieve success. So it's been my experience over the years from coaching numerous people is that we would try and band-aid what's going on inside with something outside. So like, oh, I'll just give you the workout plan that'll solve everything for you. But really the truth is the thing you need to solve or work on is um, the the inner dynamic and relationship with self, which is so key to me in my coaching now and everything I talk about in this podcast as well. So it's something I bang the drum on over time. And it's just my experience for my own experience for myself and my own experience as a coach is that, you know, it's not about a fucking meal plan. Like no one needs a meal plan really. Like people maybe need cooking skills. They need a bit of education on how to balance food and stuff like that. But people really know what, a good choice and a bad or less an optimal choice is good or bad probably not the language to use but um the knowledge of those choices does not um change your desire to make poor choices because a lot of choices around nutrition are around the relationship of self and that's a really complex thing but something i want to try and tackle today so really what's key to this um is something that, that um, I call emotional fitness. It's something I actually got from one of my mentors, Carl, and he he described it as emotional fitness. And it's something I've used and put into my vocabulary now. And it's something that I think is really important if you want to achieve success in any any aspect of your life. And really, this is a practice that enables you to create space between thought and emotion and to leverage emotion to... Um, to its utmost and not get consumed by it because i think there's really there's a lot of power in emotion and you know there's power and and anger there's power and passion like and i think it's it's not about being muted and being like numb it's about being passionate but but leveraging that emotion in really positive ways and not getting consumed by it so you go into that kind of like downward spiral of negativity which can happen with certain emotions and i think through this whole practice that the key thing is is recognizing that the thoughts that exist inside your head or the the dialogue that can happen inside your head is not you um and this is a, a big thing for me and it, maybe i sound like a bit of a crazy person um but i think the, the 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 distance you can create from those thoughts and action and recognizing and seeing those thoughts just enable you to create a bit of space and build that relationship with self. When you, don't, when you just simply start noticing and recognizing it, that is that is the way forward with it, I think. 
So as I start to talk about this, I want to talk about a few of the, the common patterns of thought I've experienced myself and seen in many people I coach and um, hopefully provide some context for that. And then we're going to get into the the, the practices to kind of help you with, with these things. So firstly, the, the first one is the, the common thought I experience or seeing people with they feel like they've, they've, they've failed. They feel like they're, they're kind of setting themselves up to fail again, that they won't be able to succeed. Um, and I think this is hard because as we go through life, we are initially told that failure is a bad thing um, and it's a negative. Um, but in truth, the, the biggest lessons I've learned in my life come from the biggest failures. And whilst those are uncomfortable things to experience, I would not, um, I would not change any of them because I'm here now able to speak in a really authentic way because of those failures because of the, the the harsh lessons you learn through those failures so i think there's there's we're kind of set up to feel this and experience this because of how failure is perceived in society and that success even the idea of success as we perceive in society is, is deemed as being the you know the ultimate outcome and what success is you know defined as is even kind of fucked up as well but i don't want to get into that now but really like the thought pattern of being a failure and that you won't succeed the more times you go through that cycle and you view it as a negative and not as a learning experience then yeah you're going to be really reluctant to keep trying and starting again aren't you because you're like, oh, i've failed again i failed again however if there's a shift that can happen where you change that uh, experience of failure into an opportunity to learn and reflect then i think it creates a an attitude which is what i feel now i've just gone well look fucking like if i fail again i fail again what will i learn from that it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter and i think that's 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 the kind of reframe i would suggest for it second one um which is i think probably one of the biggest ones for me and um you know what what pat described last week as those self-limiting beliefs is like you you don't feel good enough and it's still one of the, the biggest battles i have as a as a man even as a coach experience what you know commonly referred to as imposter syndrome 10 years into doing a job um and it's um it's it's what i think is the biggest um limiter for our own lives and abilities or lack of ability to enjoy success and happiness and fulfillment um and it's beyond me in this podcast to kind of dig into why this might be the case for you but i want to emphasize really that you know you are enough you know we are worthy you will worthy of happiness we're all worthy of success as we would define it as we would define it we're all deserving of love and you know whatever story you've told yourself um is (laughs) it's not true it's not true so um so yeah it's it's a big one that right and and i think this this idea of being less than or being not worthy or not good enough i think one of the things for me is um again the kind of lie of how we're told to live our lives if you get to a certain point do the job get the mortgage get the family settle down blah 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 you're going to be happy and um i i wasn't i found that there wasn't a uh, pot of gold at the end of that rainbow and that inevitably made me feel less than because i'm like well this is what i was told i've got here i'm not happy um and so for me i guess the lesson from it was is accepting that maybe happiness is not found in something like that it's, it's something that i need to define and only i can define that not anyone else um and that's really the the point of self-investigation in the practice which we'll talk about today um and 
another part of that again like this this story is the the social comparison as- aspect which is intentionally why i'm putting this stuff out into the world because uh social comparison is um it creates so much negativity because we we perceive everyone else is happy everyone else is like you know just living their best lives and you know some people are and i i you know great that's awesome but i also think there's a bias in the digital realm especially to present this false reality because um I don't know it's kind of fucked up i think what's what's the point in having this other world we exist in if it's not the truth and how do we how do we kind of navigate that moving forward i don't think i don't think it the the current model really serves anyone it only serves to um uh oh well it only serves big businesses it only serves to create better consumers it only serves to keep you in that model right maybe that's the point um so yeah so Lastly, again, trauma from a young age. Like, I can't help, I can't possibly begin to understand what that is for you. But just for me, I recognize that at a young age, I had a, a significant change in environment where I felt confident, I felt empowered, I felt like I knew what the rules were. I, I changed to something I didn't know, I felt out of place, I felt less than, I felt like a, you know, just a, an odd fish. And I was. And um, I think that's then gone on into the rest of my life and it's been how i've kind of identified and it's been a label that i've attached to and recognizing that is really powerful because it enables you to kind of go well that's that's kind of that's not true is it (laughs) so yeah and let's say if you've got stuff in the past that is for a psychologist a psychotherapist or something like that but uh, one book i would really really recommend um, is a book called how to do the work by nicole lapera and it really helped me understand a lot of my childhood and a lot of those things I went through because when we think of trauma, when I thought of trauma in the past, I thought of it as being some big, significant abuse-type scenario, which is not what I experienced. It was a quite subtle change and um, other other things as well. But I think that book really helped me, so I'd really encourage you to check that one out. And lastly, the, the, the other thing I, I, I get to experience or get to hear a lot of is that people recognize that they are unhappy but they don't know how to find happiness Um, again this is something i've felt a lot of going through this time and the 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 truth is um the only way you're going to figure that out is if you create the space to figure that out but no one outside of you can provide the answers of what truly makes you happy or makes you fulfilled that's got to come from from within so um so yeah that's an uncomfortable one and i guess uh as i'll talk about probably the end is a recognition as a coach is that i can't possibly provide you those answers but i can create the conversations and the space to help you find those answers over time and it will take time so here we go so if we're saying that you know developing this practice what we'd say is emotional fitness is really key to um helping you improve the relationship with self and gain clarity on what matters to you and um you know make changes stick and last moving forward how do we how do we go about doing that and what does emotional fitness mean um so emotional fitness is very much like physical fitness um and again i think one of the the mistruths of physical fitness is that we're told that it's um it's like a a short-term thing it's generally you know perceived as a fix 
do this 90 day transformation before you go on holiday, get in shape, go and stuff your face, do fuck all for two weeks, come back and then just start again. Like that's absolutely the wrong way to view physical fitness or movement. It's a, it's a practice. It's a lifelong, beautiful thing that if you approach it from the right, right way and the right frame of again, loving the fact that you have the opportunity to express movement, that your body's capable of these things, then it's something you should want to pursue honestly for the rest of your life. Not because you should, but because you can, which again is, again, I think it all starts from the place you, you come from it from. And I think emotional fitness is very much like that. It's, this isn't a, a quick fix. And this isn't something that you will ever really stop doing. You're going to do this for the rest of your life. And um, if you can create the space to commit to it for a period of time, you will see the benefits. But you've got to start with actually doing it. Not planning on doing it, not thinking about doing it, um, but just do it. And um, it's, it's so, so similar to physical fitness. It's why it's kind of really a big part of what my coaching practice is now um and similarly to physical fitness like this isn't a quick fix it really isn't this is something you're going to do for the rest of your life it will change and evolve as you go through different seasons and different kind of moods and different times but there are there are foundational elements to what i'd say is emotional fitness and developing emotional fitness that's so similar to physical fitness that's you know with physical fitness are key qualities or things you want to pursue i think it's the same with emotional fitness I wanted to keep this succinct today and just give you two simple ways to develop what I would say is a great place to start with an emotional fitness practice insofar as directly trying to improve the relationship with yourself and help you make changes that stick. Because I think that's what, it's what it is, right? If you can improve the relationship with yourself, you're going to then be capable of understanding the changes you truly want to make that align with you know who you are and therefore you're going to experience a lot more success. So first of all, uh, and this is the big one that you're going to, to struggle with, I struggle with, is, is allowing your space to do nothing mentally. I have a very busy brain. I'd like to be doing stuff all the time, to be thinking, reading, consuming. It's a hard thing for me to stop and do nothing. But this clarity I have now in my mission, in what my coaching is, in what I want from my life as a man has only come from doing nothing, creating some space mentally. And again, in a, in a world where we're just, we're pulled from pillar to post on different commitments and stuff like that, this can feel self-indulgent, but I would just propose the argument that if you are stuck, if you are banging your head against a brick wall, then the solution doesn't, surely doesn't lie in doing just more of what you're doing. It relies in doing something a bit differently and maybe the truth is doing nothing is probably the thing you should be doing. So what are three simple, two or three simple ways to, to do this? So first of all, meditation. It's taken me a long time to make meditation a consistent thing that sticks, but it is by and far the best thing I've done for my mental health um, in terms of um, creating space between thought and action. Because I think the beauty in meditation is is not achieving this quiet mind we all think like that's never going to happen your mind is racing constantly but it's creating the ability to recognize thought notice it and then begin again and to recognize that you can recognize a thought label it see it 
see it for what it is, but not necessarily get consumed by it. And then the other thing I've really gained from meditation is just how quickly thoughts come and go from your mind. And if you allow that process to kind of happen, you know, you won't get those thoughts that kind of get in there and stick and then compound and catastrophize and magnify and become like the end of the world when in truth they're not, they're just a thought. So meditation, yeah. That's definitely like something I think you should try. Guided meditations are the best place to go because you you are listening to someone walk you through what you need to do and to help you focus on the things you need to focus on because it is um it's an intentional practice it's not doing nothing i think that's the where the confusion lies it's like people think well i'm just yeah you're not doing nothing you're intentionally creating mental space and that's uh that's a practice and it takes time um but it's something i think is so worthy of doing another way to kind of um create your create that space mentally is just through walking or if you're good at running even jogging as well i think is a really uh, great great way to enter a kind of meditative state um if you can't handle the thought of just sitting down so if you want to be active then walk run even i've got quite a few clients who do this now go for, go running no music on just focus on their breath and it becomes very meditative. Another thing that's really good for that, another physical activity is swimming. If you're good at swimming, it's very meditative because you just, you focus on the rhythm of what you're doing, of your breathing. Um, so it's another really great way to have that space mentally, but feel like you're doing something physically, which I think for a lot of people who are kind of like twitchy, it feels like more of a uh something they can sign up to and you can get guided walking meditations as well and even running ones now so there's a lot of options out there um and, and again like i really want to push back on if you feel like oh, i just don't have the time for this and uh, you know etc etc i do understand how busy we all are and this doesn't have to be a lot of time but there is a direct correlation between the amount of time you invest in this and the results you will expect to achieve <laughs> same as physical fitness bizarrely um so if you can commit some time to this you will notice benefits like i've never met anyone who meditates regularly who doesn't seem at peace with themselves they don't you know they seem i don't know they just seem to have it figured out and um i guess that's what we're all looking for right is the opportunity to figure it out and um i, th I think meditation is a really powerful place to start with that number two journaling and this is something I talk to a lot of my clients about. It's how I start out with a lot of them now. Um, it's been something that's been a massive game changer for me in the last six to 12 months. Uh, it experienced a lot of resistance to it because, again, it felt like a bit, um, you know, like a bit of a waste of time, if I'm honest, when I started doing it. But I just didn't, I didn't commit to it in the, the bright way and didn't really understand the intention of it. So I want to kind of lay that groundwork for you now. Journaling is similar to uh, meditation. It's entirely for you. It, it's it's for you to develop a practice to recognize your thoughts, your patterns, and to kind of get that out of your head onto a page. There are numerous journals you can buy. I've bought all, all of them over the years. God knows how many I've bought. But really now I just use a notebook. And the notebook gives me the ability to have autonomy and creativity and freedom to change the structure as I wish. And I have done numerous times. And I think that's the that's the thing with journaling. It's, it's for you. It really is for you. It's not for anyone else. It's for you to 
um, own, to have, and to put in what you feel like you need to to do. There are things I would say would be um, great great things to have, um, especially in terms of like your mental health uh, and emotional health. And um, those are things such as, uh, you know, daily gratitude. I think we're, I don't know if it's just being British, we're like hardwired to be negative and so many of the inputs we have in our life are very negative, the news, social media, et cetera, et cetera. I think uh, having a deliberate practice of gratitude every day is really, really important. And that's a really key thing I would say to put in your journal, you know, three to five things every day you're grateful for, pick different things, think about it. There can be things that aren't happening as well as are happening. Secondly, uh, your values. Uh, these are probably a topic for another conversation. If you live a life, I think that's aligned with your values, you can develop such a better relationship with yourself. So if you know what they are, write them down. And lastly, affirmations. And this is the big one, I think, in relation to relationship with self and improving that is a positive affirmation or two. And again, like I can't tell, I can't begin to tell you what they are. You need to take the time to figure that out and to and develop that and to think, you know, who am I as a person or who do I want to be? Who do I, do I aspire to be in, in the roles in my life and stick with, you know, one or two of them and just write them down, write them down every day. You could, you know, you want to get to the point with affirmations where they're kind of like repeating over in your head so much so that they start to change that narrative. And I think that's the real power in them is that uh, positive visualization is, is um, something that's really powerful because it, it kind of changes your ability to believe in yourself and make better decisions about what you're doing. But that positive, those positive affirmations have to translate into the outside world. They, they're, they're worthless without transference, if you want. So yeah, journaling. Just write whatever comes out without thought. It honestly doesn't have to be anything more in the sentence. If you think, oh, I've got to do this half an hour a day, you're probably going to set yourself up to fail. Like just write whatever you feel like you want to write and I would say as a good tip stop short of that don't write to exhaustion write till you feel like there's a bit more and just leave it leave it leave it leave it because you're always going to want to keep coming back for more of that um, another good practice that one of my old coaches Matt told me to do which I tell a lot of people to do now is to to um, spend 50 minutes 50 minutes every once in a while doing a complete brain dump and that's really powerful if, if you feel overwhelmed and uh, there's some something that really beautiful happens after about 20 minutes you kind of think well I'm done and then you, you keep writing and all this stuff comes out and it's almost like comes from your your subconscious you're not even aware of it and you're like oh wow this 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 junk was in there and it gives you so much um, reflection ability to put it down and it's a really really powerful exercise so if you're really feeling overwhelmed right now Go out for a coffee this weekend, get a notebook out, get some nice music on and just write for 50 minutes. And um, I think it's a really, really powerful exercise I think everyone should do. You know, again, use the journal for you. Use it to create a powerful vision. Deal with your pain points, empty the mind and plan ahead. Don't feel biased towards it always having to be positive. I think there's certainly a place for positivity existing within it as um a prompt or a nudge like positivity some gratitude affirmations but get everything out like your 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 mind is a a a factory it's not a warehouse and if it's jumbled full of stuff there's so much clarity that comes from putting it down on a page so yeah 
don't get caught up on planning these things. Just start doing it, right? You can get guided meditations app, apps. So many of them on your phone these days. You can get them for free on YouTube. Just search. You know, there were so many on there. You could go and get a A5 notebook from the shop for about two pounds. Start journaling. It doesn't have to be some fancy bougie thing off uh, <laughs> off Amazon. Just get it and just start doing it. I guess the, the, the thing to address is that neither of these practices directly answer the question of how you learn to like yourself more. And really, as much as I wish I could provide you with that answer, I could provide you with that answer. It's on you. But allowing yourself to sit with your thoughts, to learn to recognize them um, so you can create that distinction between like the thoughts and the truth will change that narrative over time. And I think especially in relation to journaling, um, developing a practice that is um, more positive and sets some real positive intentions will over time change that narrative for you. So that's why I think this is the, the, the way to go to start changing that relationship initially. The way to go to start changing that relationship that's really easy for you to do um, and that, that over time will help you develop a better relationship with yourself. Um, it's, it's about creating some space in your head, recognizing thought, putting it all down on paper if you need to, or if you want to and you should do. And then from that will create the opportunity to figure out some stuff and figure out some stuff. So I think the friction I feel from being a coach is that I, I want to help people solve life for them. I want, you know, people come to me like I'm really struggling, right? And I want to better go, right, okay, this is what you should do. And I can't define for anyone what they should be doing with their lives. It's an in entirely individual thing. And I think that's the thing I recognize in it. Is we move from this place of being unconscious to conscious. That journey requires self-investigation. It requires the ability to sit with things, to let things percolate, to investigate and ask those questions. I can't give you a framework of you living your most fulfilling life. That's entirely up for you to define. But I think there are principles and practices that we can start to implement through simple things like movement, through nourishment, through how you spend your time and developing this this thing we call emotional fitness that is going to allow that to to happen and come to the surface. Um, and so as a coach, like, you know, I wish I could say to, to everyone I coach, right, this is just what you need to do. This is your version of a fulfilled life. Um, but but there, there's no such thing. Like my version of my fulfilled life is mine. And as a coach, like it would be, uh, very egotistical of me to say to someone else well you should do this this is a fulfilling life it's it's about giving someone the opportunity to define that and find that and I think that's what what coaching for me at least is about I believe honestly that the narrative will change if we can truly learn to figure out who we are and um, that that just requires you to believe and accept that what got you here won't get you any further and the things that you've probably clung to as being these pillars of happiness and success as we've been led to believe aren't the truth for you at least maybe for some people they are and that's why they're happy and fulfilled they work for some people I'm, I'm sure that some people don't ever experience in this but if you feel friction around those things and you feel like they aren't providing you with happiness then don't be fooled into thinking just doing more of those things will somehow give you it <laughs> just keep pushing through 
if I get more money, if I get a better job, if I get a bigger house, then that will give me it. Because if you're already at a certain point where you've achieved those things, then how can you think that more of that is going to provide you with what you haven't found up until this point? It's just never going to happen. And lastly, I want to leave you with this thought today is that this is an uncomfortable process. All of this is because we're moving outside of um, of who we are, of who we've who we've learned to live our lives as. We're moving beyond our comfort zone, and you're always going to get pulled back there. Your your brain is always going to try and do that. It's the way we're hardwired to be. But there is no um, fulfillment in that. There's none. There isn't. It just it just it. it it can't exist so you've just got to keep pushing and when you go from this point of being unconscious to conscious i think it's um this is almost a hard bit because you kind of go well how do i navigate this and i'm giving you the tools here to start navigating it but i can't give you the the ultimate kind of like answer that's got to come from within but you've got to develop the practice and the capacity to firstly ask those questions create the space to investigate and then from that You'll figure out your values. You'll figure out the things that truly matter to you. And then you can figure out the kind of life you want to lead. Um, but that won't happen overnight. It takes time and it takes work. So I hope some of that helps you today. If you like the episode or if you don't like it, please give me feedback. I really appreciate anything good and bad. Um, again, if you enjoy what I'm talking about, you think there's people in your environment who would benefit from this, then please share that's it for this week uh, i'm going to get into some other stuff that comes up next week that i've already got a few notes for but um that's it for today take care thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast with me today i just wanted to say uh, i really appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to me and if you found value in it please subscribe to the channel and if there's anyone you know who would benefit from listening to this please please share the podcast and help others um, who may be going through this thank you so much